Good morning, New Life. Welcome to Family Sunday. We've got a lot of younger faces in here with us. Come on, can you find somebody that's not your age and wave at them? This morning, we are going to have Cameron and Sarah open us up before we start. Dear Jesus, we thank you for all you do, the food you put on the table, and the time you spend with our family. Let us remember this Thanksgiving to spend more time with our families. And all people said, Amen. All right, why don't you stand up? Till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets. To a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. Father are restored and the church of Christ was born. 
Your prayer. 
Praise God for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's give him a hand. Keep it going. Show the kids what praise looks like. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Where's Daniel? Daniel was asked 15 minutes ago if he would pray for the offering. Now, Daniel just recently got saved. And then Daniel, just last Sunday, got baptized. And now we're asking him to pray for the offering. So we expect big things from you as he's praying for you. So you want to pray for the offering? You want me to do the announcements first? Uh, I'll do it. No, let me do the announcements first. I want, I, want, I want you to stand up here with me for a little bit longer. I look short next to him, don't I? Hold, that's the mic. If you talk into it, they'll hear you. So be careful what you say. A couple of things. Um, there's something I want to do that I need help doing. In December, I'm sorry, in January, we're doing a uh, relationship series beginning on uh, January 21st. But to prep for that, I've got to clean up some of the men's stuff that I messed up last month. So I want to do three weeks of teaching starting in December 5th, December 12th, and December 19th, I want to do a couple's teaching on Tuesday nights, 6 o'clock. Um, it's three weeks to straighten out what I messed up. I want to talk about Jezebel, I want to talk about Ahab, and I want to talk about, amen? I want to talk about Elijah. So the problem I'm having isn't that people will attend. It's that I need childcare. So I need somebody who would be willing, some couple who would be willing to give their time to do childcare so these parents can come and stop being Jezebels and Ahabs and be Elijahs. <laughs> this is preparatory to that series. So I need to, somebody said, well, isn't that making December busy? Jesus is coming soon. So much the more as you see the day approaching, we're supposed to be together. So I figure you can give up a Tuesday night for three weeks to straighten out your marriage. Amen? Okay, I don't you grumble, grumble, growl. <laughs> I get that. So I need childcare. So if you are interested in surrendering to that, that's just three weeks. Go see Joey out at the information desk. Where's Joey? Oh, Joey's, Joey's doing security. Okay. Find Joey doing security. He's keeping us safe right now. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll hook you up. Uh, and, and I need to know like this week. I can't wait six weeks from now because I want to be done in December to get ready for January. One of the things that you're going to learn about what's happening in the church is I feel like God's given me several things for this church for the next year. And one of them is we're going to run hard and fast for God. So just be prepared. If you want to be lazy, do it somewhere else because we're not going to do it here. We're going to be busy. Amen. Jesus is coming back, right? Next week, we're going to learn more about that. So just get prepared. I'm, I'm preaching a short message today. I'm talking a lot, but preaching a short message today. Thursday, December 7th is our first Thursday. It's the end of the year edition. We're going to play cleanup at the end of the year as well. So that's uh, Thursday night, December 7th, 6 o'clock, potluck, bring your family. We're going to have preaching that night. Amen.
Because another thing that's in next year's thing is we're going to leave some things behind. So we're going to leave some things behind that day. Are you ready for that? Some of you guys don't need to be carrying the garbage that you've got going on in your life right now into 2024. You've got enough coming in 2024 to, to deal with without bringing in some stuff from 2023 or 22 or 21 or 20 or 19 or 18. And we can go all the way back to 1982. Don't ask me why I picked that year. Friday, December 15th is the ladies' ornament exchange. Uh, that's at 6 p.m. on Friday, December 15th. Uh, Deborah is going to give some more information on that starting next week, so you'll get more of that. Um, Christmas Eve service is 10 o'clock, uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday the 24th. Um, we're just doing it that way because that's the way we're going to do it. <laughs> I feel like I have to explain everything. It's like, that's just the way we're going to do it. Uh, and then Sunday, December 31st, that's a Sunday night. So we're, gonna, we're going to do Sunday morning service on the 31st, and we're going to do a Sunday night service on the 31st. Some of you haven't been in Sunday night services for years. Some of you have never experienced a Sunday night service. If you are old like me, Sunday night services were the best. Yes. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> they were the best. And so we're going to do a, a, a vision night that night on the 24th. Um, somebody asked me, are we staying up till midnight? Y'all might, but <laughs> I'll be asleep at 9 o'clock. So it's just the way it goes when you get to my age. So that's, that's all the announcements. Um, so Daniel, pray for the offering because I need to eat. Okay. I don't know if this thing's on. Did you turn it off? I don't know. It's on. Mike, Mike, Mike. Okay. It doesn't seem on. No, we need the... Do we replace the battery? Or is it the switch? There you go. What do I read off? Don't read my stuff. You gotta just pray, dude. Pray for the offering? You're just praying for the offering. You're just praying that God's people trust God. Alright. I don't know how to pray about money. Just pray that they give it all. Alright? Right? I mean, if you're going to ask, ask big. We're talking about a big God. If your God's tiny, ask for a little bit. But if your God's big, you ask for it all. Because Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Come on, right? See, this is how easy it is. <laughs> Just pray and ask God to encourage them to trust him. Okay. Let's pray. Right. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, I just pray that all these people here give as much as they can to you, and it's for the right cause. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. He wants something to read. I hear I got a whole Bible. <laughs> Let's worship. One more song? One more song. One more and song. we miss our children up front. So kids, if you want to come up to the altar and worship with us now, we would love that. Parents, it's family day. If you want to join in, the altar's open. Come worship with your kids. If you have no kids, 
and you're not a parent, we want you to come worship with us. So get up out of your seat. Um, we've sang this song. This will be three weeks in a row, so everybody should know it pretty darn well by now. Um, all right. Jesus, we love you. Let's worship. Christ is my firm foundation. It's the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking. I've never been more glad. I put my faith in Jesus. No, he's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. Is he going to fail? So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not Jesus. 
have a seat kids go ahead and sit down and let me teach you a couple of things about sitting with your parents I'll wait till they all sit down to all the kids in the building this morning when you sit with your parents look out for the evil eye you know you're beginning to irritate your parents when one of your parents looks at you with the one eye kind of twitching a little bit. So settle down when you see that. The next thing you want to be careful of is the knee grab. When mom or dad grabs the knee and squeezes real tight, just surrender. Or else it gets ugly really quick. But if the preacher looks at you, that's a good thing. That means you're a happy place for him. Amen? See, you used to think that was the evil eye and the knee squeeze, but that was... It's good to be together, isn't it? If you're a teacher in children's ministry or a worker in children's ministry, would you stand? What, the teachers didn't show up for church today? I don't got to teach. I'm not. Give him a hand. Amen. They don't get paid, but they still love to teach your kids. We were singing that song um, that we won't be shaken. Kayla grabs my arm and signifies that I'm obviously shaking the floor at that moment. She was trying to stabilize me, encourage me. Recently, we had a glorious day where several people trusted Christ to be their Savior. We've had a busy couple of weeks, amen? I can't wait for next Sunday. I spent four eight-hour days prepping for next Sunday. And then the week after that is going to be crazy. So this is, this is the calm before the storm. This is the eye of the hurricane. This is the, the happy place for the moment. 
the holy place is coming. Amen. We're going to talk about heaven and we're going to talk about earth. Not today. Next Sunday. When you see a lot of people trust Christ as their Savior, and I've done this for a lot of years, there's a battle that goes on that people don't realize. There's a, a war that's being fought over the souls of men. And when that happens, and you're a preacher, the battle exhausts you. So I went home last couple of Sundays exhausted. And I'll be honest, I, 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 the, the easiest way to, to define it is I was feeling very sad. Have you ever just gone through spiritual battle and you just, just felt sad? Like, even if something good happened, you still felt the weight of what you've just gone through and just, it just kind of exhausted you. And it was a sadness that I couldn't get myself out from. Now, have you ever done that? Get so sad that you, you can't, you, nothing, I, ice cream didn't get me out of it. Pie would not have gotten me out of it. Nothing was getting me out of it. So I picked up my Bible. Because that's what you do when you need encouragement. Right, Christian? Yeah. Parents teach kids that. That when they need to be encouraged, they go to the Bible. So I opened up my Bible, and out of it came this little card. I forgot that a six-year-old girl gave it to me that Sunday. And the note quoted Romans chapter 15, verse 13, which is on the back. And she got the whole thing on the back. You ever try to do handwriting and get everything to fit in one little tiny square like that? The verse that she quoted was Romans 15, 13. And the verse says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Not some joy. Not a little joy. All joy. Imagine having all joy. All joy. And peace. That all goes with the peace. So it's all joy and all peace. In believing. So faith is necessary. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. She thought this would encourage me. So she stamped my name on it. Pastor A. She put little dots on it to make it pretty. We all need pretty things, don't we? <laughs> all the guys are like, oh, I don't need those pretty. She wrote the Bible lesson on the back. That's what she called it, was a Bible lesson. I don't know what she meant by that other than I took it as she's trying to teach me something, which was good. What she didn't know is that, is that I was going to go through a difficult time. And she encouraged me to believe that God in the time of hopelessness, hopelessness would fill me with all joy and all peace. In believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, I might be overflowing with hope. Not just having some hope, not just having a little hope, but be overflowing with hope. Like so much hope that it just oozes out of you. Within seconds, 
And I am not kidding you, within seconds, I was feeling that hope. Seconds. Seconds. The word of God will do that for you. And I wonder, I don't know because I haven't asked her if she understood the context of the text. Because the context of the text is Romans chapter 15. And Romans 15 concludes Paul's teaching on those who are strong in the faith ought to encourage those who are in the weak in the faith. Romans 15.1 says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatsoever was written uh, in former days were written for our instruction that through, the, through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Six-year-old girl writes a verse on a card to a 60-year-old pastor. And the one who should be encouraging the six-year-old girl got encouraged by her. I don't think kids realize the power they have in them if they just believe the scriptures. There's a beauty to the faith of a child that gets lost in our lives. And we get it messed up. Jesus gave a lesson on Matthew chapter, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 through 5, and it says, At this time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Isn't that like an adult? To ask the question, who's the greatest? Like, our aspirations, our aspirations of life are to be the best, to have the most. And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them. And said, truly I say to you, unless you turn, this word is a word for repentance. If you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless you repent and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. It's that childlike faith. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Sometimes adults, I think we're too adult. When was the last time, guys, men, to encourage your wife, you wrote her a little card with her name on it, wrote Bible on the front, Stamped pretty little stamps on there. And then actually with your horrible handwriting, wrote the verse out. I understand a six-year-old's handwriting, but at 60, I should have it figured out. When was the last time you encouraged somebody with that? When was the last time you encouraged somebody with the scripture? Not just 
quoting it to make them feel guilty, but quoting it to encourage them that they might have hope. There's a young man in our church. He's actually a boy, but you want to call him a young man because that way he doesn't feel like he's less than, right? He's constantly reminding me of my weakness. It's not judgment. Because he doesn't think less of me. I don't think it's concern because he doesn't seem to be worried. He just wants to ensure that, me, that I know that my difficulty is seen. But he's not judging me. See, kids don't judge weakness the way that adults do. They might question, why are you shaking? They might be curious, why do you put your hand in your pocket? Because I'm shaking. But they're not judging. They just want to give hope that we're seen. They just want to get hope, give hope that they know their heavenly father would give, has given them. Couldn't we be more like kids? Couldn't we be more like kids? I know sometimes it's difficult to have kids in the auditorium. But couldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be nice to have them more often than less? Because their faith is pure and powerful. Could we stop judging people's weakness and offer them hope? Could we? Could we feel more obligated to share the scriptures of hope with one another? Like, it's an obligation. This little girl believed that it was the, her responsibility to encourage me with this because this verse was important. Shouldn't we feel more obligated to our spouses, to our kids, to our families, to our parents, to our coworkers, to our, to our friends, to our family? Shouldn't we feel more obligated to encourage people who, your, your, your child's teacher at school? If there's anyone who needs hope, it's teachers in school right now. If there's any time that that pastors need encouragement. My, my wife and I spoke with a, an individual this week that's just uh, their pastor's wife struggling. It's hard to do this. And sometimes all you need is a little hope from the word of God to pull you out of your dark place and bring you into the light. But you've got to be like a child. You can't look at them and say, well, the reason they're in this position is because of who cares? When you need hope. If you, if you didn't need hope, you wouldn't be in the hell you're in. If you didn't need hope, you wouldn't need faith. The kids of New Life Church want me to know that they see my weakness and they want me to see, but they want me to see my Savior. They believe in God. God. 
and through the Spirit of God, they want me not just to have hope. They want me to, in, through the Holy Spirit, abound in hope. Do you abound in hope, parents? When it comes to your finances, are you abounding in hope? Your kids don't care how much you have. They just care that you love them. Do you abound in hope in your marriage? Your kids don't care about your struggles. They care that you stay together. So they want to give you hope. Your kids may not understand how hard it is to go to work and to, to, to work hard to make money and not make enough. But your kids just believe that God's going to take care of it. My weakness doesn't embarrass, frustrate, or worry them because they believe God will take care of me. Shouldn't we be doing that, husbands and wives, with each other? Giving hope? And they just unwittingly believe that it's an obligation to encourage those that are weak. Shouldn't that be our daily activity? Encouraging people that are weak? Jesus said in Matthew 19, 14, Let little children come unto me and do not hinder them, for of such belongs the kingdom of heaven. This is what heaven's going to be like. So I thought about what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the kids of New Life Church who encourage me to have hope. I should be the one always encouraging them, but every once in a while, it gets a little hard and you need their encouragement. Sometimes, parents, it gets a little hard. It would be nice to have your kids just to encourage you with a scripture. Or it might be that they're going through a tough time. Maybe you could give them some hope by sharing a scripture with them. I, I want to pastor a church filled with People who want to encourage one another, not just by saying empty words to them, by giving them something that they can grab a hold of that's the word of God, that they can draw hope from God himself, that the Holy Spirit can encourage them. I'm thankful for parents who teach their kids to encourage others who are weak. You do that by teaching your kids to pray for people instead of pray on people. You do that by encouraging that, by you encouraging them. Don't you want your kids to have hope? Especially teenagers. Teenagers need hope. When was the last time, parent, that you drew a nice little card with their name on it, dad, put Bible on it, stamped it with little dots, and wrote a verse on the back? Not develop a Bible lesson. It takes three and a half hours to get through. Because that's what I would do. But just give them a verse that gives them hope. How many teenagers would just love to have their parents give them some hope? Not the empty words that says it's going to be okay because it might not be okay. The question is, it'd be okay with God. 
I'm thankful for parents who teach their children to encourage others, especially when others are weak. I've watched the children of this church accept some really tough kids. And they still love them. I'm thankful for the teachers who serve in this ministry and who share the hope of Jesus with children. Some of them feel like they never get out of the children's ministry. But I watched, especially last week, as some of our older teachers got to see some of the kids that they taught and shared hope with take steps of baptism. I was rejoicing with them. I'm thankful for teachers who serve children's ministry. I get how hard it is because you only get these kids for an hour, depending on what I'm preaching, and a half. And I probably don't say it enough. Thank you, teachers. Thank you, parents. Thank you, kids. You're, you're encouragers, giving hope to the hopeless. All by sharing the word of God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound. what you're thankful for. But you have a mic now. Once you have the mic, you have the power. And once once you have the power, then I can't tell you to stop talking. (laughs) You want to get my stuff out of the way? Does it keep shutting off? I'm not paid for this. (laughs) I'll give her my mic. Now it's on. Just testing. (laughs) We're good now. Good morning, everybody. Wow, a lot of you. Wowza. Um... I guess if anybody's got their Bible, if you want to open up, I have a verse that I'd like to, a couple of them. And I guess, uh, oh, November 26th of last year, uh, my family was in home and life was shaken. And I think some would call it maybe blind faith. I grabbed this book. I grabbed anybody that wanted to talk Jesus. Um, Every day was a lot of work. 
a lot of surrender, all the things that pride, all those things, the darkness, the sinful living, the sinful nature, just um, giving one of those, say pride, for instance, and, and then learning what love was really about, Jesus' love. As I took that walk, and I kept walking, and I kept realizing that um, with opening my heart, and I guess if we want to read, it's 29, 29, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, and I'm hoping and uh, I can read it. Uh, for I know, I might need some, yeah, where are we starting? My glasses won't work, so I apologize. For I know I have the plans I have for you, declared the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me, and when you seek me with all When you seek me and find me, and when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. With these verses is what that journey brought me with is he didn't want just a little bit of my heart. He wanted all my heart. So I had a gentle voice one day say, Give me your family, Carrie. Give me Carrie. What does that mean? What does that mean? You're so broken. There's so many pieces. I have made phone calls and asked, <laughs> what does this mean? Fear. But I went back to this book. And then forgiveness. I got to take a walk and learn what forgiveness meant. And it was beautiful. It was hard. It was not easy, but it was beautiful in the end. I have a relationship today, and I was actually thinking this. Um, coming in here, I just had a loss in our family, and we can get through anything. There's nothing today. But nearly a year ago, thinking I didn't have anything, and today I just, it is, I am so grateful to have the life that I have and, and the work that it took. And somebody mentioned along the way that being a Christian is a lot of work. Absolutely, it should be. And it is a paycheck that is so rewarding. Um, and I just thank everybody and being part of this church I was back there against that wall when I first started coming. I didn't want nobody to talk to me, look at me, nothing. <laughs> I was, uh, today, I'm sitting in this front row with my family. And that's, that's Jesus. 
Good morning, New Life. Good morning. <sighs> sure. Uh, first off, I want to say um, I'm thankful for the strength and the courage that Jesus has given me. The Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me to be able to stand up here in front of all of you is something a year ago that, that I wouldn't have been able to do. And I just give him thanks. I give him thanks for so many things. I could sit here for a month and I could tell you of all the wonderful things that he has done for me and has done for my family. Unity, drawing me closer to Jesus. I was out in the wilderness for about eight months. I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure of anything. Uh, my wife bought me the Bible uh, December 12th of last year, and the Bible is the sword of the spirit, and that's God's word. And when I opened the Bible up, I knew, I knew that was what I was missing in my life. I, I couldn't put it down. I read the Bible in 95 days, and I journaled all the way through it. And it was tough at times. There were so many times that I thought the Bible was talking about myself and my sinful nature and my sinful ways. I've, uh, I've always had a dream as a child of the man that I wanted to be, and I was never able to fulfill being that man or that husband or that father until... I started reading the word of God. Pastor Andy asked me when I accepted Jesus into my life. And at that point, I was, I was riding a spiritual high. Life was figuring everything out, reading the Bible, um, being able to understand how to surrender, how to forgive, and how to love myself and others. I... Um, I was so thankful that my wife bought me a journal so I could journal all the way through it. And I went back reading my journal, and there was times where I'd read it, but I'd read a little bit here and there, and actually started at the beginning, and I started reading all the way through it. And on January 11th of this year, I seen a night and day difference of what I was writing about everything changed on January 11th, and that's when I knew that I had accepted Jesus into my life. Everything changed. My whole world changed. The gift of the Holy Spirit that God has given me, it is such a blessing. It is such a gift. Um, I'm thankful for building my foundation on his rock, drawing me closer to him every single day, and I get to be that husband and father today. In times of, in a, a word that's really stood out to me here recently is stamina or steadfast endurance. And that's having the strength and the power through God to be able to surrender everything that I need to surrender to him in times of trials and tribulations and not doing it on my own. And that's what I struggled with, was trying to do everything myself. It was always about myself, and I was selfish. But today I get to do that with God through the Word and with the Holy Spirit. And just how beautiful that is. 
I'm so thankful to be here with each and every one of you. I'm so thankful that God has put the people that he's put in our lives um, that, oh, that encouragement, but that encouragement through God's word and what that does and how beautiful that is and bringing us all together and gifting us with the Holy Spirit. I've had a conversation with a, a, you know, a couple here from church and we probably wouldn't be friends outside of church, but gifting us with the Holy Spirit and how that draws us together and sharing that, ensuring that love of Jesus and wanting to speak his word and speak that encouragement and one, when one is struggling, it's, um, it's life-changing. And uh, I just thank each and every one of you. And most of all, I, th I thank Jesus and what he has done for us and how important that is. And just not knowing it, reading the word of the Bible and the answers to life, the answers to everything, everything I've ever struggled with is in the Bible. And it was the, one of the best gifts that I have ever received. And that was from my wife and God speaking to her and giving me that for my birthday. And that will be the best birthday present that I will ever receive. And I just thank you. How many of you have been blessed by Carrie and Steph? They're babies in Christ. They're just a year old. But they encourage me every day. Amen? I'm, I asked the worship team to come up to do one more song. Because we can't just walk out of here after that. We've got to sing something. Something good. So let's stand. If you want to come up and worship at the front, be welcome to. Kids, adults, don't be afraid. <clears throat> Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking. And I've never been more glad. I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. 
He won't. And I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. So I won't be going under. I'm not held by my own strength. Cause I built my life on Jesus. No, he's never let me down. He's faithful through every season. So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. He won't fail. He won't fail. firm amen everything else is shaky come on
Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we love you. We are so grateful for the son you sent us. His name is Jesus.